This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information for how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Poems by Gerard Manley Hopkins. Read by Linda Liu. Part 3b. Editor's Notes to Poems 15 through 24. Poem 15. The Cage Skylark. Falling pionic rhythm. Sprung and outriding. Autograph in capital A. Text from corrected capital B, which dates St. Buenos, 1877. In line 13, capital B writes, Uncumbered. U. Accented. N. C. U. Accented. M. B. E. R. E. Accented. D. Poem 16. In the Valley of the Owe. Standard Rhythm. Sprung and Counterpointed. Autograph in capital A. Text is from corrected capital B, which dates as contemporary with Poem 15, adding, quote, For the companion to this, see number 35. Unquote. Poem 17. The Loss of the Eurydice. A contemporary copy in capital A has this note, quote, Written in sprung rhythm, the third line has three beats, the rest four. The scanning runs on without break to the end of the stanza, so that each stanza is rather one long line, rhymed in passage, than four lines with rhymes at the ends. Unquote. Capital B has an autograph of the poem as it came to be corrected. Open parentheses, 83 or after, close parentheses, without the above note, and dated, quote, Mount St. Mary, Derbyshire, April 78, unquote. Text follows capital B. The injurious rhymes are partly explained in the old note. Stanza 9. Shortened sail. Seamanship at fault. But this expression may be glossed by supposing the boatswain to have sounded that call on his whistle. Stanza 12. Cheers death, i.e. despair. Stanza 14. It is even seen. In a letter May 30th, 78, he explains, quote, You mistake the sense of this as I feared it should be mistaken. I believed hair to be a brave and conscientious man. What I say is that even those who seem unconscientious will act the right part at a great push. About mort holes, I wince a little. Unquote. Stanza 26. A starlight wonder, i.e., the island was so Marian that the folk supposed the Milky Way was a finger post to guide pilgrims to the shrine of the Virgin at Walsingham. And one, that is, Don Scrotus, the champion of the Immaculate Conception. See Sonnet number 20. Stanza 27. Well wept. Grammar is as in, quote, well hit, well run, unquote, etc. The meaning, quote, you do well to weep. Unquote. 
Stanza 28. O hero, savest. Omission of relative pronoun at its worst. Equals. O hero, that savest. The prayer is in a mourner's mouth, who prays that Christ will have saved her hero. And in stanza 29, the grammar triumphs. Poem 18. May Magnificat. Sprung rhythm. Four stresses in each line of the first couplet, three in each of the second. Stonyhurst, May 78. Autograph in capital A. Text from later autograph in capital B. He wrote to me, quote, A May piece in which I see little good but the freedom of the rhythm. Unquote. In penult stanza, Kaku call has its hyphen deleted in capital B, leaving the words separate. Poem 19, Binzi Poplars, Feld, 1879, Oxford, March, 1879. Autograph in capital A, text from capital B, which alters four places. Line 8, Weed Winding, an early draft, has weed Wounden. Poem 20. Duns Grotus's Oxford. Oxford, March 1879. Autograph in capital A. Copy in capital B agrees, but dates 1878. Poem 21. Henry Purcell. Alexandrin. Six dresses to the line. Oxford, April 1879. Autograph in capital A, with argument as printed. Copy in capital B is uncorrected, except that it adds the word fresh in last line. Quote, have fair fallen, unquote. Have is a singular imperative, or optative if you like, of the past, a thing possible and actual, both in logic and grammar but naturally a rare one. As in the second person, we say, quote, have done, unquote, or in making appointments, quote, have had your dinner beforehand, unquote. So one can say in the third person, not only, quote, fair fall, unquote, of what is present or future, but also, quote, have fair fallen, unquote, of what is past. The same thought, which plays a great part in my own mind and action, is more clearly expressed in the last stanza, but one of the Eurydice, where you remarked it, unquote. Letter to R.B., February 3rd, 83. Quote, the sestet of the Purcell sonnet is not so clearly worked out as I could wish. The thought is that as a seabird opening his wings with a whiff of wind in your face means a whir of the motion, but also unaware gives you a whiff of knowledge about his plumage, the marking of which stamps his species that he does not mean, so Purcell, seemingly intent only on the thought or feeling he is to express or call out incidentally lets you remark the individualizing marks of his own genius. Quote, Sake, 
is a word I find it convenient to use. It is the sake of, quote, for the sake of, unquote, for sake, namesake, keepsake. I mean by it, the being a thing has outside itself, as a voice by its echo, a face by its reflection, a body by its shadow, a man by his name, fame, or memory, and also that in the thing by virtue of which especially it has its being abroad, and that is something distinctive, marked, specifically or individually speaking, as for a voice and echo clearness, for a reflected image, light, brightness, for a shadow-casting body bulk, for a man genius, great achievements, amiability, and so on. In this case it is, as the sonnet says, distinctive quality and genius. By moon marks, I mean crescent-shaped markings on the quill feathers, either in the coloring of the feather or made by the overlapping of one on another. Unquote. Letter to R.B. May 26, 79. Poem 22. Peace. Oxford, 1879. Autograph in capital B, where a comma after daunting is due to follow a deletion. To own my heart equals to my own heart. Reaving peace, i.e., when he reaves or takes peace away. As poem 35, line 12. An early draft dated October 2nd, 79, has Taking for Reaving. Poem 23, The Bugler's First Communion. Sprung rhythm, overrove, an outride between the third and fourth foot of the fourth line in each stanza. Oxford, July 27th, question mark, 1879. Capital A. My copy of this in capital B shows three emendations. First draft exists in H. Text is capital A with the corrections from capital B. At nine lines from end, though this, capital A has now this, and now is deliberately preferred in H. Capital B has some uncorrected miscopyings of capital A. O for now charms of capital A is already a correction in H. I should like a comma at end of first line of this stanza and an interjection mark at end of that stanza. Poem 24 Morning, Midday, and Evening Sacrifice Oxford, August 79 Autograph in capital A The first stanza reproduced after page 70 copied by me into capital B, where it received correction. Text follows capital B except in lines 19 and 20, where the correction reads, What death half lifts the latch of, what hell hopes soon the snatch of. And punctuation is not all followed. Original has comma after the second, this, in lines 5 and 6. On June 30th, 86, 
G. M. H. wrote to Canon Dixon, who wished to print the first stanza alone in some anthology, and made ad hoc alterations, which I do not follow. The original seventeenth line was silk ashed but core not cooling, and was altered because of its obscurity. Quote, I meant, he wrote, to compare gray hairs to the flakes of silky ash, which may be seen round wood embers, and covering a core of heat. Unquote. Your offering with dispatch of is said like quote, your ticket unquote, quote, your reasons unquote, quote, your money or your life. Unquote. It is quote, come your offer of all this the matured mind and without delay either. Unquote. End of part three B. This recording is in the public domain.